It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 What's up, everyone? What's up? Welcome back to Miked Up. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden, and I'm super excited about this episode. I got to sit down this week with someone I've been admiring from afar for quite some time. His name is Benny Starr. You may have heard of him. He's a very, very widely known hip-hop artist based right here in Charleston, South Carolina, and he has a lot to say. And before we jump into the interview between myself and Benny, I'd like to remind listeners that this podcast is all about showcasing the talents or the voices of those who are shaking up the status quo here in Charleston. And Benny does just that. Remember, activism isn't just one thing. And while Benny does not consider himself an activist, I think the work that he's creating has the same impact and effect as civil disobedience or taking to the streets with picket signs. I first learned of Benny Starr via his presentation at Pechacucha. This was a local Japanese-style discussion series that featured numerous presenters. Benny was one of them. I was blown away by what he had to say about Charleston and the changes that he's experienced as a native to this area. He had a lot to say, so much so that I'm going to add that to the end of this episode. So the last six minutes or so, will include his presentation from Pechacucha. I think you'll be blown away just as much as I was if you hadn't heard his presentation. Benny's work, Benny's energy, has the uncanny ability to change hearts and minds in ways that I feel traditional protest methods may never do. And that's good. Uh, Disruption needs to take on many different forms and it takes all types. And I think Benny's just that person. So please uh, listen closely. I hope you enjoy the exchange between Benny and myself. And I really want you to stay tuned for the last six minutes of the podcast. Fast forward if you must, but please listen to what he has to say. I think if you hear it, you'll be impressed and it may move you to do something. Thank you guys for listening. All right. What's up, Benny? What's going on? How's it going? Going well. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having You're me. You're probably going to laugh during this interview. Oh, I know I am. But it's all, it's all good. All right. So I just wanted to take a moment, have a seat with you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even write any questions. You can see by my notes are just like five scribbles. <laughs> but I did want to just have a conversation with you because yeah. I think your voice is important. Thank you. Um, I came across your presentation that you've done. Um, it was at... Petra Kusha. And that was when... I think that was in January. January. And I was just taken aback because I believe that your message, I always tell people if my intuition could talk, because sometimes I'm not as articulate as I like to think I am, Mm -hmm. I I think that what you said uh, really uh, said a lot of things that I felt. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to know, I want you to just uh, just let the listeners of the podcast just kind of go back because I'll include the audio in the podcast mm-hmm. but just like 
Tell us the story of how you ended up on that stage at Pachacucho. Oh, definitely. Uh, Charles, who's the director uh, of the Charleston Music Hall, he reached out a couple months prior and he asked me if it would be something um, I'd have interest in to, to be a part of the Pachacucho presentation with other creatives in Charleston. And I was like, okay, yeah, I would, I'd like to do that. And so we had done Petra Kucha before uh, as a trio, the band that I'm in. It's a five-piece band. Sometimes we break it down to three. What's your band's name? Very hypnotic soul band. Mm -hmm. So we did Petra Kucha before, and the three of us, uh, myself, Mackenzie, and Elliot. And so it was for one of the Petra Kuchas. But we perform. We just okay. perform music. Um, what kind of band is it? It's like a experimental R&B, hip-hop so you would hit them, you would like to bars? Right. Okay. And we actually kind of did a, like an acapella type vibe. Um, so I knew what Pechicucha was because I sat through that Pechicucha perform, uh -huh. uh, presentation and saw Matt Monday, who's a good friend of mine, and a couple other performers do their thing. So I was like, okay, cool. Talk about the creative process. That's basically the theme of it, uh, this one that I was in most recently. And so... I knew basically Pechacucha would be like a room full of white people in Charleston. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, man, I don't want to just get up there and talk about, you know, how I go about creating music and rap. I mean, there's always going to be space for that. Did they want, do you think they wanted you to perform musically too? No. Okay, just the creative process. I think it was the creative process, okay. right. Um, but And I, part of me kind of thinks that, you know, Charles... You know what you get sometimes when you reach out to me and ask me to do certain things. Mm -hmm. So I think he never asked me again. He when, Once I confirmed that I would do it, he never asked, hey, what's your presentation going to be? Mm -hmm. He just kind of was like, hey, man, you know, okay, do your thing. Because he's, you know, and so I was like, you know, let me work on this. And that's what I wanted to say to them. Okay. Yeah. Why? why okay. So again, I'll loop the audio in mm -hmm. um, at some point in the podcast, but... The message I heard, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to do it justice, was you, you you asked a very important question to the residents of Charleston, and more, most, I think more immediately, the people within the audience, mm -hmm. you asked a very important question, which is, um, does Charleston want black people, or does Charleston want to make room for black people? And I, 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 I'm saying it very clumsily, but we're talking about economically, culturally, mm -hmm. and even physically. Right. Because you've seen so much change, I suspect, I don't want to speak for you, but, but revisit the question you asked the audience. What was the question specifically? The question was, do they want a Charleston for black people? Right. Uh, black and, men, women, children. And what prompted you to even ask that question? Like you alluded to, <laughs> you know, like we, if you're in Charleston mm -hmm. and you know anything, if you've been doing any kind of homework or you've been paying attention. Mm -hmm. You know what's going on. You can see what's going on. You can read about what has going on. What what has going on? The, the demographic shifts in the last twenty, ten, five, two years. You know. How does it make you feel, though? That is. I I would want to say something like, "Oh man, it makes me feel like disappointed, sad, and hurt." But that wouldn't even really do it justice because you know, mm. you see what's happening to black people. Mm. in Charleston and like I remember coming here on weekends mm. growing up every Saturday every weekend just going to anywhere in Charleston downtown I mean skating rings and it, it was just it was black people mm. I remember it being <laughs> beautiful and it being black people and it being 
Wow. My sister passed and she got me like, I remember the first Haley Selassie medallion I got. We got it from a dude downtown when I was like a teenager. My sister, she bought it for me. She's passed on now. But just little things like that, you just remember. It, it was just one of those things that it, it signified, you know, like blackness in our culture and, you know, the seagrass baskets, sweetgrass right. baskets. Seeing, I remember that. I remember those things so vividly. Mm. Black women, black people, mm. good food. Um, but now looking at everything and I'm just seeing a room full of, you know, liberal white people or, you know, the spectrum of white people. Mm. And I wanted to ask them a question that's kind of rhetorical mm-hmm. in, in a sense, but I just wanted to put that to them. Did you get any answers like after the event, perhaps if you mingled around, did you get any answers? Oh yeah, we got, I got a lot of responses from what people. You, I'm you know, man, it was, it ran the gauntlet from <laughs> some people, half the room stood up, half the room clapped, half the room. I, I don't know if they were stunned or if they kind of really? just did Oh wait, so the response was not initially uniform? No, really? not from what... Sometimes, and you know, I couldn't tell at the uh, time because I just gave the speech and okay. and left. I was like, you know, you're wow. welcome, and then walked off. Oh wow! Because you know, sometimes I just don't look in the crowd like that afterward. And I, I got, I saw some footage from people who were, you know, in the crowd, and then some people told me what the responses were like. And you know, my friend KJ was there, and a few other friends that I had, and they were telling me from different vantage points in the room. Mm. But, you know, I talked to people afterwards and they were, you know, telling me, you know, different reactions. Like, oh, my God, this is, we needed to hear this and people need to, and I'm just like, okay. And I, I just didn't want it just to be a good moment because it's not like I'm saying something that's revolutionary and right now. Black people feel like this right. Right. all over the city and beyond, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, Did the city paper reach out to you afterwards? Because they, they're the ones, that's how I discovered the audio. Mm-hmm. They published the audio on SoundCloud. So, like... Yes, Kelly Ray, um, who's the editor of the music um, section in in, in Charleston City Paper, who is also a friend of mine, Mm -hmm. she was in attendance, Mm -hmm. and she recorded, I think she captured the audio, she recorded the audio, Thank God. (laughs) and she was like, she reached out, I think, maybe the next day, Mm -hmm. Um, she was like, you know what, I'm going to transcribe this, and I have the audio, and I'm going to post this, because Charleston needs to hear this, because I've been... um, trying to focus on finishing up this new music and the whole campaign surrounding mm-hmm. that. Sometimes in Charleston it's weird because I have to say no okay. to certain things. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> because there man, it's a lot of people here who just don't get it mm-hmm. on many levels. And sometimes I don't want to feel like I'm the guy who has to come in and explain all of that. So this I want to know more about you as an artist mm-hmm. and I want to know more about your upcoming work but first and foremost like you were asked to talk about I guess maybe let people know or let people into your creative process at Petra right. but what is your creative process as, an, as a hip-hop artist I'm a I like to consider myself a writer so I I I have strong emphasis on what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Lyricist, poet, and that, that form, that's that's my skill set. And so, you know, I just pull from a lot of real life experiences, a lot of feelings and emotions do I you, have. Do you journal? I have started journaling <laughs> oh, recently, really? actually, because mm-hmm. the music actually kind of plays that role. Mm-hmm. And I have a really good memory. So different experiences and relationships and moments 
it's always kind of hiding out in a little pocket of my mind because I'm thinking conceptually I can pull from that mm-hmm. and write a song or write a body of work. So the creative process usually comes from that. I got to live a little, then go into this rehashing of it and create so, something. So you're currently working on a new album? Yes. What inspiration did you draw on? Like, how did you start oh, that process? Oh, man, this album, it is called... A Water Album. That's actually the name of it. It's called A Water Album. A Water Album. Yes. What's behind that name? And just, you know, just the idea of water being in many different forms, but it's still water. You know, it's still essential. It's still essential to life. It is life. That's um, so deep. I'm sorry. You know, no, but it's real, right? <laughs> <laughs> the world is mostly water. Yeah. Human beings, we're water. I'm a water sign. Oh. I grew up in the low country. This is Charleston. You know, it's just all these things. And I try to weave uh-huh. in all these concepts, even the concepts that I was touching on uh, at the Pechacucha presentation. You try to weave those things into it, which I have weaved those things into the album creatively, uh-huh. you know, conceptually so that it doesn't come off, you know, cheesy, but it flows and it, it's impactful. So what album number, like how many albums have you ever this is my second official album, but it's like, even when I did, I did like three mixtapes before the album, before my first album, which was the Free Lunch album, and they're like album length, and it's okay. all original music. Okay. So I've been, this is my, I'm not like a single right. artist. I rap about blackness. Do you really? I try to rap like, I just... Consistently? Yes. Mm-hmm. All the spectrums, as many spectrums as I've have experienced in the black experience Mm. love you know joy rage emotion dealing with race dealing with all these things Mm. and i'm still growing so i try Mm. to grow every time and Mm. push myself so i can i want to see hip-hop grow to that so that's basically what i and it and it can be political Uh it can be love it can be about love or heartbreak or regret it can be about all these things because the the spectrum of blackness Mm. is so like vast what do you think? What would happen if you couldn't make your music anymore? Mm, I, I, I don't want to think about that. I, because I no, I think I would always make music really? because that's that has been the thing that has been like I haven't been journaling. Uh-huh. My music has been the journal. It has grown me in ways like being able to reconcile relationships, whether it's with my father or deal with loss of loved ones or failures or heartbreak. It's always been the thing that's kind of guided me to resolutions and self self growth, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's because it kind of forces you to be self reflective. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And delve into that. I think that's important. Self awareness is important. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I want to ask you like your name, uh, Benjamin Star. Yes. Is that your real name? No, that's my stage name. Did you ever tell anyone your real identity? Oh yeah, like I used to have a problem with it, but I do tell people. Really? That. Yeah, because my, my name, my real name is Fitzgerald. What Benjamin Wiggins. Fitzgerald? No, Benjamin what? is Fitzgerald Wiggins is my real name. His name is Fitzgerald Wiggins. Write that down. I am Fitzgerald <laughs> Wiggins is my real. My father's name is Fitzgerald. And that's very distinguished. And I used to, have, but you know, that's cool when you're an adult, and it grew well. You know, you meet people and be like, Hey, what's your name? Uh, it's just ooh, okay, okay. It That's like cool. You be a jazz artist. And you know what I'm saying. But when you were a kid, but when you were a kid, and yeah, kids okay, on the I playground can't no say, okay, all right, you, you become right. everything. I think I get it. But okay, yeah, yeah. Get a couple of combinations. <laughs> you know okay. what I'm saying? All right. But yeah. But no. So how'd you come across? How'd you? 
create Benny Star. Ben, ben, yeah, Benny. I go by Benny too for sure. Benjamin came from my first cousin, our mothers, our sisters, mm-hmm. and we were we grew up very close. And when I went off to school, he was doing a lot to take care of me, basically paying my rent, sending me money all the time. He went to prison. Mm. Um, first, my first cousin. He went to prison for like ten years. His name's Benjamin. He's mm-hmm. out now, okay, um, and doing well. And and then Star. When I decided to rap, Star was an acronym for Staying True Along the Road to Riches, and it just kind of stuck. Okay, it works. So it became a stage name, and you know. So what are you excited about the next album? Are you do you yes. have any expectations? Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm I'm just building the entire campaign around. It's coming out this summer and you know meeting with directors and putting visuals together and merch and a uh, small tour throughout you know east coast uh just so all of that and coupled with me wanting to go back to school finish my undergrad possibly go to law school too i just want to do i want to exhaust all of my why law though i think law would give me the type of uh the type of, I don't want to say authority, but it would give me what I would need to basically to teach and to enlighten a lot of people. And I, the law is something, civics in general, mm-hmm. is something, especially in a place like South Carolina, I think I would want to enlighten people with information to understand how a lot of this stuff works and how to hold people accountable, mm-hmm. how to reshape their government to make it work for them in a way that works for them, like where all this stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. Funding taxpayer dollars. What does it fund? How do schools get funding? Who is responsible for this? What your mayor should be doing? Mm-hmm. What your mayor should be talking about? You know what I'm saying? Where investment should go and what that should look like. All of this stuff the average person, you know, doesn't know. And in a place where you can have a mayor for 40 years, yeah. that's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Yeah, I think any type of hyper tenured um, mm-hmm. political leadership is a problem. Right. Um, and I know a lot of folks in Charleston feel some type of way um, about the mayor. Either you know they feel one way or another mm-hmm. um, about the previous mayor. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, I think the story is yet to be written oh, yeah. on it that is. one on, on what marginalized communities have gained mm-hmm. and what they have lost uh, right. during that forty years of the previous administration. Mm-hmm. So you you sounds like you always want to help folks. Yeah. Like, or not always want to help, yeah. but but it seems like you do want to be of service to your people. I definitely do. You that's do? what I would want to dedicate my life to. Really? You know? Yeah. Like that's. Right. <laughs> it's just a deep love for us. Really. You know our people. Yeah, I've been, you know, lucky enough to come into contact with some incredible people, mm. some incredible women who have you know held me accountable and wasn't afraid to call me out on my shit and be like hey you know what you should read this or you should read that and then the thing I do like about myself is like I'll go and read it like I don't want you to I do like that's probably my favorite thing about myself is that you know I'm not afraid to go and read about it and educate myself and do the education sounds like, like you that. always want, you always are in search of the answers yes I have a natural like curiosity about all of that so I think, I think being intellectually curious and emotionally curious is important so. oh yeah I yeah agree. wow so it I, I sounds like there's so much that informs your work it sounds mm-hmm. like there's so much that 
that makes you the artist that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people find your work now? Oh, on any streaming site. If you got, you know, Spotify or Tidal, Apple Music, it should be under Benjamin Star and um, the new album will be on all streaming sites as well. Initially, it'll be a vinyl release because I want people to... Really? Yeah, I want people to take this one in, especially people here, because this is a big part, of, this played a big part of inspiration for the album. So I want people to sit down, whether they're in the house, they cooking, they cleaning, or they got some friends over and they just vibing. I just want them to play the vinyl and let it sing. I want them to listen to it in that way first. Are you going to have like a listening party? I'm going to have like a lot of different workshops okay. and listening sessions and campaigns over the summer. Okay. So I'm excited about all that. But it'll after that initial release, after about a week and a half, it'll be on streaming sites. But the initial, I would want people to. And you know, on um, Instagram, Twitter, Benny underscore star with two R's, they'll be able to find me. So do you, is it independent? Is this like an independent release? Yeah, it'll be okay. an independent release. Really? Yeah. How, you know like how long, how many tracks you do? I'm thinking, you know what, I'm, I want to keep it concise and, uh-huh. and tight, but right now I've got a lot of tracks, but I'm probably going to try to shave it down to, the, you know, 10, 12, 10 to 12. Any like events you might be featured at? You know, I just locked in a date um, that'll be coming up for like the the uh, release concert that okay. I'll be doing in Charleston. That'll oh. be in September. Okay. Uh, in June 30th, I'm doing the Summer Shindig um, concert. It's like the fifth annual one at Royal American. It'll be on June 30th. Okay. Royal American seems to be the place. Everyone's it, there. There's a lot of events going on there, and it's 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 pretty cool. I know the uh, I know the I know the uh, owner, one of the owners, John Kenny. He's real. He's a real cool dude, man, and, and he's he's opened the door to us to do like lots of dope stuff there. So, yeah. Good. Well, and is there a website? Yes, Benny Star. I'm just all over the place. Yes. I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm asking. I'm just trying to make sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a uh, BennyStarSC.com. Okay, and so you'll have eventually, or you have merch. Yes, I have merch. All of that is going to be yeah. coming this summer. I'm excited about all of that. So. But what? Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I think I'm gonna end the podcast with your Pecha Kucha mm-hmm. um, presentation. But before that, mm-hmm. like, what would you like to say? You've already given that presentation in January. Right. We're sitting here. It's May of 2018. Right. What if you could add an epilogue to that? What would it be? I would say keep growing. I mean, try to grow every day and. Don't be afraid of the growth. Growth is not supposed to be a comfortable process. And a lot of times growth happens in stillness. You have to be okay with being still, sitting down and, and not worrying about yourself not being productive because you're sitting down. Because while you're sitting down, you could be reading valuable information. You could have a valuable conversation with somebody. You could be analyzing yourself and your decision that you made for that day. But don't be afraid of the growth because the growth is necessary How for how you see yourself, how you love yourself, and ultimately how you see your people, see your community, and how you love your people and your community. Who are you talking to when you say that? I'm talking to our people. I love our people. I just, that's who I'm talking to for the foreseeable future. I'm talking to us.
experiences to people to make you feel and while you're letting that wash over you i want you to think about a question do you really want this and by this i mean do you really want a charleston for black people do you want a charleston for black people for black men for black women by that i mean do you want accessibility to efficient transportation do you want accessibility to adequate education for black people do you want economic opportunity for black people do you want black people to feel welcome downtown is that something that you want do you want black people downtown when you think about that and i think about my friend who loved to use these illustrations one thing we do have in common is that we're both young black men black creatives in charleston and that experience goes a long way i understand that this city is still permeating with the spirit of Septima Clark, Esau Jenkins, and the systems that they rally against and the people that they work to empower. So when we talk about Charleston, we have to talk about it honestly. We have to talk about the beautiful things here. We have to talk about the culture, the culinary innovations, and the spirit that people who look like me spend centuries pouring into the city. But then we also have to talk about true things. Also, some more true things about Charleston. The fact that Charleston was once this country's capital, the slave capital of the United States. At least 40% of all enslaved Africans came through this port. We have to talk about Charleston as a city rife with segregation that even manifests itself today in the form of social segregation, racial economic segregation, lack of affordable housing. We have to talk about Charleston in a way with in which we can say honestly today, it is the home to 20 of the poorest schools in the Tri-County area, 15 of which are predominantly black, simultaneously being home to 11 of 13 of the wealthiest schools, most of which are predominantly white. We have to talk about Charleston in a way where the leading publication in Charleston still actively litigates the causes of the Civil War. We have to talk about Charleston in a way where it is sprinkled with the vestiges and the monuments by the daughters of the Confederacy honoring treasonous soldiers, racist soldiers, white supremacists. This is the Charleston that we have right now. So I have to ask you, as a black artist here in Charleston, and I've been blessed to, in the last couple of years, perform on many of these many stages, including this stage right here. But it's interestingly enough that I had to be exceptional every time I stepped on any stage because I wasn't just thinking about me and my ability to perform on that stage again, but also also thinking about other artists who also hip-hop, that hip-hop, that culture, that music, that generation, who if I bombed one time, they would never even get a chance to perform there. Many of these same venues that closed their doors on me until I became the front man of a five-piece band consisting of some of my closest friends and what have become family, but three of whom are white. So I ask you, is this what you want? And when I say, is this what you want? Do you want a Charleston for black people? Do you want a Charleston for black men, black women, black children? Because if you do, don't underestimate the power that lies in your answer. Because in America, white people get what they want when they want it. And what I mean by that is the power of white political will. White political will is never halted by the how. White political will is often the answer to the how.
White political will doesn't ask, it decides. White political will, the collective effort, energy, and decision-making of collective white people in America. It decides, it doesn't ask. It decided to put a man on the moon before it knew how to put a man on the moon. White political will put a man on the moon. White political will landed on Plymouth Rock and decided to forge this country of complex laws and systems before it knew how to put together a constitution. That's what white political will did. White political will turned a nation built on the back of chattel slavery into a beacon of freedom around the world. White political will turned around and made the capital, what was previously the slave capital of that slave nation, a top tourist attraction in America. This sort of confederate Disneyland that pulls everybody in, that simultaneously contributes to and upholds a system of social and economic segregation and also gentrifies neighborhoods at a rapid rate and also seizes the property of many black people through eminent domain. How could it do that? How could it be that creative? We don't know. My political will doesn't ask. It decides and then it figures it out. I wish it would be that creative when it came to freedom and equality for all people. So again, I ask you, is this what you want? Do you want a Charleston? Black men, do you want a Charleston for black children? Do you want a Charleston for black women who were much even as diverse as this final was? There were no black women here tonight. So I'm asking you, everyone in the room, I wanted to come here and be able to look at everyone here in Charleston. Well meaning, goodwill, people who feel like I want to make a change. I want to tell you, black people and non black people of color are very disillusioned with the belief that white political will. I want to end this podcast by extending a very warm thank you to my friend Denver. Girl, I appreciate you. Without your help, this episode wouldn't have happened. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'd also like to thank Benny for providing that instrumental that we used toward the the latter part of the podcast episode. So thanks for that. Also, I want to remind folks that Charleston Activist Network does a lot in the community. We're currently launching a Get Out the Vote effort. Uh, We'll be spearheading several specific projects, but the first one is Soul to Soul. Soul to Soul is a salon outreach program where we're targeting African-American salons and salons in Latin communities here in Charleston. Uh, I'm so excited about this bicultural effort. And to learn more about that and how you can support it, please visit charlestonactivistnetwork.com. You can also find additional information on our Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have any feedback for me regarding this episode or you need additional information or want to learn anything about uh, the show, how to be on it, or just to give feedback, you can reach me directly via email at Tamika at CharlestonActivistNetwork.com. My first name, Tamika, is spelled T-A-M-I-K-A. 
So let me hear from you. I'd love to hear to, to hear your thoughts and share your feelings. And if you just want to join in and help us get out the vote as we head into a very, very special election season. Until then, take care and I'll see you next episode.